Congratulations to Paul Swan, host of The Drive, for capturing the prestigious 2024 West Virginia Broadcasters Association Excellence in Broadcasting Award for Best Talk Show. Tune in to Paul during your drive home weekdays at 5.06 p.m. on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Monday, February 12th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for being a part of today's drive home. We will get your text in this hour at 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. We've got guests coming up on the program as well. Morgan Zirkel is going to join us, head coach of the Marshall softball team. We'll talk to her in the next few minutes. Heard going two and three to open up the season. Two wins versus Michigan State, but more importantly, Morgan gets off to a, I thought, a good start. Two and three, look at the record, you think, okay. But some tough competition as the Herd participated in the FAU Paradise Classic. Marshall getting those two wins against Michigan State. I thought it played well despite the outcome against number 12, Arkansas, FAU, Penn State. So the thundering herd getting off to a good start. We'll talk to Morgan about that in the next few minutes. And then over the weekend, Marshall hosting the Invitational over at the Indoor Building. And Abby Herring, she blew away the 5K record. 16 minutes, 21 seconds, and she set a new meet school and track record. Pretty impressive, don't you think? I think so. So we will talk to her in the next few minutes as well. And we'll get your text in, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Of course, yesterday was Super Bowl Sunday. The Thundering Herd had one player represented, Nazi Johnson. He was, of course, not on the field. He was inactive, but Nazi gets a Super Bowl ring because the Kansas City Chiefs getting the victory at overtime over the 49ers, 25-22. Patrick Mahomes named the game's most valuable player. First half of that thing was boring. Second half got a lot better. And once we got into the overtime, I like the new overtime rule. Both teams get a shot at the ball. So you get a possession. The Chiefs? They had to wait and find out what they needed to do. So the 49ers go down, get the field goal. So the Chiefs now know we got to tie this thing with a field goal or we got to get a touchdown to win it. If they get the field goal, next score wins. If they get the touchdown, obviously they win. And I know it was new to a lot of people. And there were some on social media thinking, why do you take the ball? Why do you not give it to the Chiefs? And then you go down and figure out, well, it works both ways. If you go down, you score the touchdown. The Chiefs have got to go score a touchdown. If you go down and hit the field goal, then they can beat you with a touchdown. But if they don't get the touchdown, they get a field goal, next score wins, you get the ball back. So you got to play that game now with this new overtime rule. Do I want to see what happens and then hope that I can hold them? Or do I want to go down, try to score first, hope that I can hold the other team to either match our score or keep them from scoring? 
So either way, you got to put it on your defense at some point. But I like the new overtime rule. I thought the game got more exciting as the night progressed. Much better than the first half. I think we all can agree on that one. So what do you think of the Super Bowl? 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Also, halftime, Usher performing with a cast of thousands. I saw a mixed reaction on that one. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people were meh. As these things go, and of course, Super Bowl commercials, did you have a favorite? Was there one that stood out the most to you? For me, I don't know if I had a favorite. I'm thinking about it. Most of the commercials just didn't stand out to me. I'm not going to look back years from now and go, wow, those were some great commercials. Not like the good old days. And, of course, I'm going to always go with a Christopher Walken spot. If Walken's in it, I'm going to be happy there was some good stuff. I thought some of the commercials were just pedestrian. Some of them were terrible. I mean, we had a couple of political messages in the Super Bowl as well. So what did you think of the commercials overall? Did you have a favorite? And, of course, halftime as well. What did you think of that? Did Usher bring it? Did he do it for you? Did you enjoy that? Or would you like to have seen somebody else take the halftime stage? So we've got a lot for you to think about. Texter writes in and says, Paul, well, after the Super Bowl, I have to go to the doctor and get treated for overhype. I hear that's a painful condition. Texter also says, only Vegas would have fireworks and a flyover over a domed stadium. Not all bad, though. I had the over on Swifty showings. Next year, I'm stopping with the conference championship. Pathetic. Hopefully next year, it's going to be the Bengals winning the conference championship. They're a favorite already. Only team that can stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. I keep thinking, that's got to be. That's got to be. It's... It's like the Cody Rhodes road to WrestleMania. You don't get it done the first time, so you got to have that road of adversity, and you come back and, and win the Super Bowl. I'm betting it all on the Super Bowl being the Bengals and maybe the 49ers again. I can exercise that demon. I'll take the Detroit Lions as well. So we got a lot to look forward to as everybody's now – Zero and zero. But more importantly, we're getting closer to the start of playoffs. We've got some season to go before the NHL and the NBA begin playoffs. But baseball season's almost here. And that means martial baseball season's almost here. But softball's here now. And so coming up in the next few minutes, we're going to talk first to Morgan Zirkel, head coach of the Marshall Thundering Herd softball team. Their team get two victories against Michigan State. Finished the weekend two and three. Very challenging FAU Paradise Classic, and I was happy with the result. So we'll talk to Mer- we'll talk to Morgan about her first few games as the head coach of the Thundering Herd. Later on, Abby Herring is going to join us. I'm looking forward to talking to Abby. Always a pleasure to talk to her. She's fun and she can run fast and far. And she'll tell us more about what happened this weekend, breaking some records over at the indoor and, of course, for Marshall. And, of course, we're going to hear from you. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Before we hit the break, Texture says, Paul, great Super Bowl. The halftime show is okay. I give it a C plus. And Romo didn't know the overtime rules. Why does that not surprise me? 
I was going back and forth between the radio side and the TV. I love listening to Kevin Harlan. He's one of the best. And Kurt Warner's on that broadcast as well. So I listen to that radio broadcast a lot. But I do listen to Nance. I'm a big fan of Nance. I used to like Romo as far as an announcer when he was fresh. But I don't know what he brings to the table these days. And I don't like criticizing announcers because I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I get it wrong as well, and I hate doing that. But I don't know what they're trying to do with the coverage that CBS is providing. Their halftime shows were great. Their side shows that were kind of ancillary to the NFL today was cool. Did you watch that documentary about the NFL today? We can talk about that later as well. I really want to talk about that because that was fun to watch going back to the days where you didn't have those kind of live pregame shows. They were taped, so you didn't have those live look-ins. And, of course, the whole Jimmy the Greek saga was fascinating. So we've got all of that to get into, but when we continue, Morgan Zirkel joins me on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our Monday edition of The Drive. Our text line is open this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Your reaction on last night's Super Bowl victory from the Chiefs, getting the victory in overtime over the 49ers. Fun overtime. We'll get your reaction on that. And, of course, everybody's favorite topics. What do you think of the commercials and the halftime performance? My next guest, I think she got home in time to watch a little bit of the Super Bowl. Marshall on the road, starting out 2-3, and two big wins against Michigan State and some solid performances against host FAU, also Penn State, Arkansas, top-ranked Arkansas, by the way. They're in the top 25. Morgan Zirkel starting out the season 2-3, and getting her first two wins as the head coach of the Thundering Herd. Coach, uh, you got home in time for the halftime, right? You got to see Usher take the stage. I did, yeah. What'd you think of that halftime? Overhyped, like some people were saying, or was it right up your alley? I mean, I enjoyed Usher. I thought the songs were a little short. I, I, it left me wanting more. You know, I wanted a little, little more from them. Okay, that's a fair, that's a fair statement there. Mm-hmm. It felt like this was like the greatest hits of Usher and a, a neat little package. They should just. I don't know. Just play two or three songs and, you know, don't give me 15. Don't give me medallies. Don't give me a, like. Yeah. A, yeah. I don't want yeah. that. I want give me. Give, give me, me your, the best. Exactly. Give me the best. So, of course, you know, these are the important questions we want to know from Coach Zirkle. Uh, congratulations. You got your first two wins on the road. Thank you. you beat Michigan State convincingly. You look good in the losses. What did you take away from the weekend? There were a lot of good things. You know, we, we had um, a lot of pitchers that didn't have a ton of experience or freshmen. Um, so just to have them play against those type of opponents and see how they handle themselves, like it's great to see that and then be able to give them that experience and learn and grow from there. Um, and then offensively, we, we scored every game, which is what you want to give yourself a chance to win. And we did that. We even scored late on Arkansas. So um, some really great bright spots as well as individual performances. You know, um, we had some individuals shine and, you know, just walk up to the plate maybe much more confident than they have in the past. So that's good to see. And we have a lot to build upon. And um, when we learn to limit some runs, you know, late in the game, 
um, we'll be in a pretty good position to win. Is this still a situation for you as far as your pitching rotation? You're looking to build depth. It felt like at least early you wanted to see what you had in real-life action. Are you trying to build depth so you don't have just one ace or two aces at max? You want to make sure that you have a lot of people that can go if need be. For sure. It's a long season, and you want all your pitchers to you know feel prepared to go out there and win a game for you. and. Um, still kind of learning what we have and who's the best matchup and, um, you know, really who, who can we go to when we need them? Like who can be trusted and, um, you know, be around the zone consistently and move the ball consistently, hit their spot consistently. So, um, we're, we're still figuring that out a little bit, but, um, I think, I think we saw some good things and it's just increasing our consistency and, um, our endurance a little bit as well. Speaking of consistency, you had some bright spots out there, but who stood out for you consistently over the course of the tournament? Yeah, uh, Riley Lucas was great. She, I think, hit above 400. And it was just like every time she walked up to the plate, you know, you felt like something good was going to happen. Um, and then we also have sophomore Bella Gerlach, who's a transfer, and she's She's really came around. She was lacing some balls, had two home runs in one game, and um, she was definitely a bright spot as well. But I thought the whole lineup, top to bottom, you know, swung it. And that's what we want is aggressive cuts, and then we'll adapt from there and, you know, make adjustments. But those two, I think, really stood out for us. My guest, the head coach of the Marshall softball team, Morgan Zirkel, getting her first two wins as a head coach. How did it feel to get those first two wins as the coach of the Marshall Thundering Herd? It was great, you know, especially, you know, Michigan State's not the strongest team, but they're a power five. And anytime you can beat a power five team and then come back and run roll them, that's a pretty good feeling. And I'm proud of them for stepping up and doing that and getting a couple wins on the weekend when they could have easily laid down and felt really good to you know, have that and we have that experience so we can tear, carry that success on to our future games. But it was it was a great feeling. Um, expected, but great. Speaking of expected, but great, you get those two wins. Was there any pressure on your team? Did you notice them? Because they knew as well, they're not oblivious to it, that you know, the first wins, your first win as a head coach. So there was there any added pressure on them? And if so, did you have to maybe talk to them and say, hey, look, just go play? Uh, I don't know if there was too much added pressure because of me, but I think just playing some of the teams that we did, you know, going up against Arkansas, Penn State, some of them don't have um, as much experience against those caliber of teams. So I think there was a little bit of pressure there. And then when you score early, like we did, which is great, I think they then kind of started pressing towards the end of the game to score more um, versus, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. And there isn't, there isn't added pressure and give our pitchers, you know, consistent run support to try to give their, give them a little more confidence. But um, I think they handled it pretty well for the most part. Was there an overwhelming reaction when you did get that first win? Not only they got the first win of the season, but you got your first win as a coach. Was there anything, you know, maybe after the game in the locker room? You know, did they celebrate a, a little more than normal? You know, I think I think they were excited and they felt good, but uh, I'm a pretty neutral, chill person, so I think sometimes that relays off to them because, like I said, we – we expected to beat Michigan State. We know we're better than them, even 
with, you know, our lack of experience in the circle, we, we know we're better. So, um, you know, I liked how they handle themselves. Um, they're excited and you want to celebrate the wins and all the little wins as well, but, um, also know that you're expected to beat quite a few of those teams. So I think it was a good balance. And that's the characteristics you want with this team, level-headed, chill, not too high, not too low. Definitely. We talk about that a lot. Is that hard early on with a team that has some youth? You want to get excited. You want to have energy for the game. But at the same time, you don't want to overreact to every little thing that happens. If the other team gets a lead or you get a lead earlier, and did you find yourself having to maybe regulate that a little bit more? Or were you pretty happy with how they reacted the entire Classic? I was pretty happy with them. And I think it goes to just what you talk about in practice and plan for. Like, we don't – we. We don't celebrate home runs in the first inning out on the field. And we celebrate in the dugout and we celebrate that person. Um, but the whole team doesn't rush out to the field when someone hits a home run in the first inning. Cause really that home run means nothing. We haven't won the game yet. So I think kind of expressing, you know, my philosophy with that is we'll celebrate the little things, you know, in the dugout, but really our goal is to win and our team goal is to win. So let's celebrate those little individual wins. But um, as a whole, we celebrate when the final, the final pitch is thrown and we've secured the win. So I think they did a great job of, you know, having composure and celebrating those little things, but also knowing our goal is to, you know, have the most runs at the end of the game. My guest is Morgan Zirkel, the Thundering Herd starting off the season two and three, two big wins against Michigan State at the FAU Paradise Classic and some tough, hard-fought contests as well against the likes of Penn State, FAU, number 12, Arkansas. Good start to the season for the Thundering Herd. Up next for your squad, you've got the East Carolina Pirate Clash. What do you want to see from your team between now and next game what do you want to see from them I just want to see them attack a little bit you know we played some tough competition to challenge us and make us get tough and now um, you know Longwood's a good team ECU is a good team Fairfield is still hasn't played yet this year um, but I want us to you know roll into ECU feeling confident and in attack mode and ready to crush the ball Um, you know, pitchers adjust from previous mistakes and be stronger this week. So really just going in with a attack mentality and let's, let's take all five games. My guest is Morgan Zirkel getting set for the East Carolina pirate clash a little closer to home. We're getting close to that time where you can actually play at home. How are you feeling with everything that's been going on facility wise, baseball and softball, getting that, major upgrade and I'm sure you got to be excited about everything that's uh, happening can't wait for games at the dot especially with the lights yeah it's super exciting they obviously we have had the lights up for a little bit now our new padded fence got put up last week so you know you come up you show up at the dot and it it looks very different you know Um, but it's exciting I think we're starting to make it look a little more like a stadium and less like just a field And that's exciting for our team and fans, and hopefully it's an awesome game day experience here in a few weeks. It was amazing. I drove by the dot a week or so ago. It was night, and I thought, oh, wow, the baseball park 
the lights are up. It's I'm going to drive by and see what it looks like. It looks fantastic. No, that wasn't the baseball park. It was a softball field that illuminated the night sky, and it was really bright. So that was exciting to see. And, of course, with the new scoreboard, you know, the dot looks better than ever. Definitely, definitely. I know you got to be excited as well. No more of this, okay, we, we can't play into the certain you know, hours of the night. Uh, it's great, and I'm excited for you. And this was a good weekend for you, Coach. I'm, I'm glad you got those wins. Now we can just talk about the next win instead of the first win, and I'm sure that's uh, where you want to be now. For sure. I think we're, we're ready to go and get a lot more. Thanks for doing this, Coach. I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon, and good luck this weekend at the East Carolina Pirate Clash. Thank you so much. That's Morgan Zirkel, her squad. Two and three big wins against Michigan State to start the season off. And, of course, I can't wait till we've got lights and softball going at the same time at the dot. When we continue, I wonder how she would work out as a, a base runner. Abby Herring is with us. She's fast, you know, and she's got that distance as well. She's setting records this weekend at the Marshall Invitational shattering records actually in the indoor 5k we'll talk to her when we continue on this edition of the drive on espn 94.1 and am 9:30. espn bet is now live in west virginia as the official sportsbook of espn espn bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite espn personalities and shows sign up today and new users get 100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet download today what a play must be 21 plus gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net all games regulated by the west virginia lottery please play responsibly in partnership with hollywood casino at charlestown races terms and conditions apply see app for details This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're still getting your text in. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255 about last night's Super Bowl victory by the Chiefs. 25-22 in overtime. Texter writes in and says that they thought the call to go on first for the 49ers was smartest because uh, the Deers on the field a long time at the end of the game. It didn't work out, though. Now, that's the gist of the text. Yeah, I thought it was smart. The 49ers getting the ball first was probably the choice that should have been taken because if they can score a touchdown, Kansas City ties, they get the ball back. So I thought that was a smart choice. Thanks, Texter. We appreciate that. Our next guest, I don't know how much Super Bowl she got to watch. She was busy just shattering records at the Invitational this weekend. Abby Herring is with us now. How much Super Bowl did you get to watch, Abby? Um, I actually watched quite a bit of the Super Bowl. My teammates and I are – I went over to one of my teammates' house, but we all got together and um, got to watch the Super Bowl. I, like many of the girls in the world, were rooting on uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend's, <laughs> boyfriend's team, uh, the Chiefs. I like that. Yeah, we were watching Taylor Swift's boyfriend play. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, of course, you know, there was a lot of times where they would just go up there to the box. She's having a great time. You know, she was with Blake Lively as well. I think that gets overlooked at times, that uh, Ryan Reynolds could not find his wife the entire weekend. She was with Taylor. So you had a good time watching the Super Bowl. Did you like the halftime show, commercials? You know, what were your Super Bowl activities? 
Uh, yeah, the halftime show was good. Um, we had a big group of people who were all just like singing along and dancing. And um, some of them were like moms of people on the team. And so they were they were saying it was throwing them back to like their post-college days. And it was fun. It was uh, we got together and just had like food and um, played some games and stuff. It was good. OK, so it sounds like a good time. And of course, the Chiefs won. So yay, Taylor Swift's boyfriend for winning the Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you had to be tired, though. Were you consuming a lot of calories? Because if you just joined us, Abby Herring is with us. Over the weekend, Abby just breaks records. That's what she does. Shattered the indoor 5K record. Her time of 16 minutes, 21 seconds, and .09. So let me put that on there. She set a new meet, school, and track record, displacing the previous school record by over a minute. When you were out there... Were you aware of where you were at time-wise? Was that even in your head? Did you have a feeling like, okay, this is pretty fast? Yeah, so I was hearing a split. So I was getting one of my teammates, Kylie Maston, she was yelling out my 300-meter splits, which if you haven't been to the um, uh, Marshalls indoor track, we have a 300-meter track. So even even splits, she was yelling those out. And I knew um, whenever I heard, I was around 60 seconds for each lap, a little bit under for some, a little bit over for a few. Um, I knew that I was going to be around the 1630 mark. So I had a good idea of where I was going to finish, but um, it was definitely trying to hold on to that pace was the more difficult part, I guess. How hard is that to hang on to that pace? You know, do you, is there a lot more pressure? Can you just lose yourself in the moment and go? Or are you really conscious? Okay, I got to pick this up. How's that work for you? So I think it just kind of differs on, uh, or it, you know, it's different for every runner. Uh, for me personally, I typically like to take out the race a little bit harder than my goal pace or like my goal time. Um, and so I have like a couple seconds bank. So for instance, I went off, I think the first 300 meters was about 56, 57 seconds for me, but I was trying to hit around 60, 59, 60 seconds for those. So going out, I think faster is kind of like my strategy, but I'm able to just kind of like go and then uh, zone out and then zone back in when it's time. When you, when you finished the race, you heard the final time, what immediately was going through your mind? Um, I was super excited, honestly. Um, I think as soon as I finished, I... My teammates are still running, so I kind of just went back over and went and cheered them on, and then um, they finished they finished the race, and then we got to celebrate together. But, um, yeah, I was really excited with it. I think um, just because I my cross-country uh, PR, which is my 5K PR as well, was about um, maybe 20-ish seconds slower. And so I was really excited that I got to kind of – this is my last season at Marshall, and so I was excited to see, like, a little bit of improvement um, on that 5K time, which is – yeah, it was great. So you shatter the record by over a minute. So that's going to be a tough one to beat for anyone following you. So you've got that you can smile about now. What has this last season meant for you? There have been a lot of changes over the last couple of years with track and field, the way that the university really has embraced all the student athletes. What are you seeing that's really change that maybe helped you and different now that with a new administration they're really putting effort into making track and field it seems the best it possibly can be yeah I think um, our administration has played a really big role in my um, success 
Uh, definitely our new athletic director, Christian Spears. I guess he's not new anymore, but recent, a recent hire in the past couple of years. He, um, he's made a lot of changes on campus, whether that's like traveling needs where we have now have the Marshall buses, or um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but we have up top of the student center, it's called Herd Fuel. And it's like a dining hall for student athletes. So if you live off campus, like I do, um, you can go in there for breakfast and lunch Monday through Thursday and get a free meal. And there's, uh, fuel stations all across campus. There's one in our um, weight room, one in the Camp Henderson where the basketball stadium is. And um, you can just go in there and get snacks and stuff. So just little things like that, where it's like you're making sure you're fueling your body throughout the day. Um, that's definitely helped from the administration. Um, for me personally, I think it's just been kind of like a development of things. I came from a program in high school where I wasn't doing a lot of heavy mileage or really even tough workouts. But um, Coach Bowen, he's our head cross-country coach here. He's, um, he has an entire plan, a um, four-year plan for all of his athletes that is really individualized and focuses on getting them to where uh, like their goals are and um, what he thinks you can run. So I would say um, it's a big combination of things, whether it's from the administration or from my coach. Um, it's, it's a lot of people coming together to make sure myself and the rest of the student-athletes at Marshall are uh, well cared for. Well, with Coach Bowen's reaction, I know he's uh, someone who gets really excited. You know, you feel that energy from him. What was he like after he, you both knew you broke the the record? Oh, he was so excited. Um, I'm I'm trying to recall events. I I think I crossed the line, and he was there. He was shouting out splits for some of my teammates who were still running. And um, after they had passed, we gave each other a hug, and um, I I don't know. I know he's proud of me. so he was excited during the race. I mean, he's his energy is absolutely insane. He's <laughs> I can hear him from all the way across the track. You know, he's not this big, huge guy, but um, his voice definitely carries. So I can hear him shouting from across the um, the stadium. My guest is Abby Herring. She broke a Marshall indoor record, 5K, 16 minutes, 21 seconds. That's a new meet, school, and track record. What was it like looking at the other runners? You're already done. Were they a little dejected? Obviously, they're competing for their times, but at the same time, you blew them away. Were they looking like, oh, any dejection there? Um, I don't. I will say, I so I did lap a couple of girls on the track. Um, the the first group that I did have, they were like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think that's what they said. And then they told me good job. The, the cool thing about running is it's a, um, or I guess the distance part, I can't vouch for sprints, but I'm sure it's the same. Um, but especially distance running, um, everyone kind of comes together because what you're doing is so difficult. You know, um, almost 17 laps on an indoor track isn't, you know, no one wakes up and is like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to go run this many laps. I mean, maybe they do, but, um, yeah, I think everyone was super supportive. I know at least whenever I pass my teammates and even a couple of girls on the track, you know, I tell them good job or keep it up, and I got the same uh, the same thing from them. And so that I guess that's the cool thing about distance running is that everyone's really supportive. You can be honest. Was there someone just looked at you like uh, I can't stand you? Was there was there anyone? You can be honest. Um, you know, I don't think so. I think the only thing I got was from that first group of girls and they were like, Oh my goodness. I think I was scared of whatever I came on up with the first time. But other than that, I don't think anyone kind of like, uh, gave a, a sigh or anything like that. Abby Herring is with us breaking the, uh, indoor 5k record again, 60 minutes, 21 seconds. That's a new meet school track record. And of course, 
You're wrapping up your career at Marshall, but you know, do you do you think that if you would have maybe thought about it sooner, yeah, you could apply your your distance and speed skills to a couple other sports? I mean, would you have thought about, hey, maybe softball? I could be a base runner, or you know, was there anything else you wanted to add to your repertoire, or you might still think about? I would say I'm too, I'm kind of like too late in my career, but growing up, I had tried out a whole bunch of different sports. You know, I was in swim and dance and um, I played tennis for a while. And so I had tried out a whole bunch of different things, but I was never really like the athletic kid, I guess you could say, you know, I'm not super good at catching or throwing balls or, you know, um, I'm not the most coordinated, I guess is a better way to put it. And so whenever I found running, it was like, oh, wow, like, you know, I don't have to use those skills um, in this sport. And so... Um, yeah, I guess I kind of found my niche there. But um, if I would ever like try out different sports, I mean, sometimes I play pickleball with my friends on the weekends, but I'm okay. But yeah, I don't know if my speed would necessarily translate to another sport just where it's um, hand-eye coordination. So nobody wants to run against you, but they'll take you on in anything else like pickleball. They think they might have an advantage here. Oh, absolutely. They definitely have the advantage. Abby Herring's with us. So, Coming up, we get the conference championships. Those are important. Um, you know, what do you need to do to prevail in those events? Um, yeah, so our conference, we leave this Saturday, but um, the actual meet is Monday and Tuesday, and it's in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I think for our team, um, our new head coach, Keith, Keith Roberts, um, he's the director of cross country and track and field. He's really big on, you know, bringing energy to the meet and a positive atmosphere. Because if you have, you know, positive vibes going and you're sharing that with everyone, um, you're you're more likely to do well. I feel like that's a given. Um, so I think definitely bringing a positive atmosphere to Birmingham, but also doing, you know, the things for your body, like making sure you're drinking enough water, um, eating enough food, getting enough sleep this week. We started to kind of taper all, taper our mileage, which that means if you're not familiar, um, just slowly cutting down um, the bulk mileage that you're doing. So for instance, last week I was running maybe, or two weeks ago I was running like 55 miles. You know, this week I might hit 30. So we're slowly, slowly bringing down the mileage and our workouts are getting shorter and faster to kind of um, get our legs ready to, to go fast to conference. Now this is a personal event. It's track and field. You're competing with yourself mostly, but the competition as well. You know, do you eyeball any of the other runners? You kind of look and go, okay, here's here's my competition here. Who here's the one that I gotta make sure that I'm faster than. You know, is any of that going on, or is this truly the one sport where okay, it's what I do. Doesn't matter what they do. Um, I think in a sense, it's you know you can obviously see other people in the conference's time. Uh, Tifers is a a real popular website that runners use to track where, um, you know, their competitors are and um, other people in the Sunbelt. So you can definitely see what other people are doing. But I think the important thing is just kind of like trusting um, in your training rather than looking at other people's and saying, oh, like, you know, they did this workout and they ran this time. It's, um, yeah, I think it's really important to just kind of like focus on yourself and trust that like what you did will pay off. Um, rather than, you know, looking to other people and, you know, stressing yourself out isn't always good. Abby Herring is with us, again, breaking a indoor 5K record, 16 minutes, 21 seconds. How many calories do you need to consume? 
I'm curious. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you you probably did not have any um, any problem eating just a little extra on Super Bowl Sunday because you needed those calories, right? Exactly. Yeah, I I went crazy on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, one of my teammates' moms, she made an amazing spread of food, and so we were all kind of like going going after after the race. Um, you know, I'm not really sure about a certain number. Um, I do know that um, in distance running, it's really important to like ha- like you know have all three meals: breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but also snack throughout the day. Um, so, I mean, whether or not that's like, you know, you're eating a granola bar in between meals or, um, getting enough protein after a workout, things like that. Um, I think it's just, I I don't necessarily focus on a calorie number more of just like, I'm doing what my body needs. Um, I'm eating, drinking enough water, um, to where I feel like I can perform at a good level. My guest is Abby Herring. We mentioned yeah, more events are now happening at Marshall University. How do it feel to just to see people that are there supporting not only track and field but the thundering herd? And and there's a push to have more of that. Actually, have that home feel when you go out and compete. You know, you're not always on the road anymore. Oh yeah, it's awesome. I mean, even reflecting back on cross country this past fall, we had our first uh, home meet in I don't even remember how many years, maybe like 20 years or something like that. Um, but I mean, having people there, and I mean, it's it, all the sporting events are really well advertised, but having people there from home was a really cool experience. You know, my parents are, I'm from Parkersburg, so I'm only like an hour 45 away. So I had um, friends and family come. Uh, um, I did my, got my degree in elementary education. So I did my student teaching at Southside Elementary and my mentor teacher, her name's Stephanie Spencer. She came out and supported and um I mean, just a, even just friends from Marshall, they, they were at the meet. And so uh, I think having a place where we can compete and then also having the school right here is super convenient. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's amazing what uh, kind of new levels that Marshall has asked athletics has been taken to and bringing people in to support the team. So it's, now, yeah, it's awesome. So now that your friends and family were able to come and see you and Marshall has made it so you can have more opportunities like that, you know, when they found out that you broke this record, you know, how did they react? Uh, my friends and family. Yeah, when they found out you, um, when you did, you had to explain it to them first. You know, were they were they were they aware of it, or you know, did someone have to tell them? Your family, especially. Um, so my family is actually super involved in running. My mom, she, my dad too. Um, she's always trying to come to the meets. I mean, even the one in Alabama, she's planning to make the drive down which is insane but um so she she knew already and she was really excited she had her phone out recording um yeah my, my parents are pretty involved in um my athletic career here and so I think having that support support system as well has been really good um yeah really good for me just in general did they compete as well or are they just really into it with your career <laughs> um no they didn't compete at all uh my, I don't even think my dad knew what cross country was whenever I decided to run in like late uh, middle school. Um, so no, they're not runners at all. They're just they're just supportive parents and fans. And now they're the biggest experts on on the course and the track, right? They know everything. Exactly. And whenever I'm not sure if you've ever been to a cross country meet or if anyone listening has, but um, if you have, you know it's like except like there's like the people racing on the course and then off the course there's like the parents and the spectators and the family and friends all trying to race to find the different spots on the on the course to watch uh, the athletes. 
So they've they've also, I guess, taken on that role of being a, a spectator runner, I guess you could say. Abby Herring's my guest. Uh, amazing feat, setting the new record at Marshall, 16 minutes, 21 seconds in the indoor 5K. That breaks the previous record by over a minute. And hopefully you can go in the conference and, and shatter some records there. And uh, hopefully that's the case, and then we can bring you back and talk about that. So that's kind of my goal for next uh, week or so. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd, I'd love to come back, and I'd, I guess I'd also love to break another record. You can come back. Yeah, we'll have you back. Winning helps. Records <laughs> guarantee it automatic. So basically, if you win a prize, you get to come on the radio. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Abby, congratulations. Thanks for doing this today, and uh, I really look forward to talking to you soon. That means you're going to win some more awards and championships and, and bring home some, some hardware for the herd. Yeah, yep, hopefully. It was good talking to you, Paul. Thanks for having me. That's Abby Herring. She's fast. She's someone that you don't want to race against. Pickleball, you might have a shot. Racing, forget about it. Quick timeout. We'll get more of your text in. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. More coming up on today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Monday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We got a full week to look forward to. Marshall basketball coming up this week. We've got the game right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 as the Herd's taking on App State, not only the men, but the women as well. So we'll hear this week from both Coach Kim Caldwell and Dan D'Antoni. I had a chance to talk to both of them earlier today. Dan talked a little bit about the matchup coming up this week with, of course, those dreaded Mountaineers from App State. To a tough loss. We needed that win. It was a tough loss. I hopefully learned a lesson, but I don't ever see too many losses teaching anything. You know, I hear people say, well, you learned something from that loss. I don't know. I don't. So, you know, I hate that it happened. we got to be better than that. Uh, we saw things that we got to get better. Uh, just because you see them and you tell them about it doesn't mean it's going to. That's why I think it's better to do it after wins because they're more alert and they're more willing to accept what's going on. Their head's not down. It's up. So it was a tough loss. Uh, come back here, we got two tough ones on the road. Uh, first one, really tough, Happy State. And I, I watched them play uh, uh, Toledo and uh, took them at Happy State. It's a close game. Yeah, it's a really close game. But how about the Mid-American Conference uh, getting manhandled by the Sun Belt? How about that Sun Belt Mac challenge? Sun Belt did well in those games, and we'll hear more from Dan this week about scheduling and, of course, look ahead to App State. Kim Caldwell, she's getting ready for App State as well. We had a chance to catch up with her earlier in the day as well. Weekend off, about to hit the road for two straight weeks um, for four straight road games. Big one at App State. They don't lose at home. They're undefeated in conference at home. They only have one home loss, um, which was an overtime, I think, to Marquette. So, um, going to be a really tough environment. It's going to be their kids' day, and so we have uh, three days to kind of continue to get better and, and be ready for a tough week. Another kid's day. It's great when your 
hosting the kids' day, it's not so great when you're on the road and it's their kids' day. I don't know if their kids' day is going to be as loud as Marshall's kids' day. I'm going to have to give it to Marshall on the kids' day victory lap so far. Those kids took direction well. They were jumping up and down. They were loud. They were screaming the entire time. Fun time. I hope that they do that more for Marshall basketball. Let's just have kids' day at least once a week, once a month. I like that energy. It was good stuff. So we'll hear more from Kim Caldwell and, of course, Dan Dantani the rest of the week as we've got basketball coming up on Thursday. Looking forward to it here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate everyone joining us. We'll be back with you tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM FM on 94.1 W227BS Huntington. This is 930 WRVC Huntington, celebrating 100 years of broadcasting.